Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we preview the NBA playoffs. We get more info on Disney+. And what do we hope for when it comes to the Game of Thrones? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. And my goodness, have we had a lot of programs and things to do this week. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He's our own Jon Snow of Humanica Media. you got to check out everything that's going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend, although he kind of actually with the beer looks kind of like a, you know, a mini George R. Martin, but you know, that's beside the point. It is Josh Peterson. Game of Thrones this Sunday, my friend. I got to be honest, calling me George R. R. Martin is kind of an insult <laughs> because basically you're saying that I am large. I said mini, I said mini, mini, mini George I'm R. R. large, overambitious, and I never get anything done. <laughs> that feels like what you're, what you're calling me. You know, he got something done because, you know, look at it now. A lot of tweets talking about uh, how he might someday finish his Game of Thrones books. I know he's gotten a lot of those done. But, yeah, cool, man. Why does he even need to worry? He's busy cashing all those HBO checks. Oh, man. But still, though, if I were writing a series of books, like I would want to have them done before HBO finished their series. Well, let's just get done. Congratulations, you suck. And then we will be okay. Oh, dang. Ouch. you said you were on what the second or third reread i got the last round of edits back so it's my last time reading the book i'm tired of it want to get it done got a few more chapters left to go over there you go that's the best book quote i've ever heard you know right there (laughs) i'm tired of it read it (laughs) you know what i actually have read excerpts of what josh has been sending out when it comes to congratulations you suck and despite what he says there's no reason to be tired of it because it's some really good stuff. And I cannot wait for the actual book to come out. So I am looking forward to it for one. He'll come through with it and he'll make sure it actually gets to be published. And you know what? I'm sure it'll be a big hit. But it will be a great show we've got for you today. We've got 
Anthony Barberin, our man in the know, Anthony Barberin. He's going to be stopping by for an NBA playoff preview. Dutch from the Voice from the Underground podcast. He's going to share his memories of Marvel and how it translates into Avengers Endgame. Plus, Anthony will also share his two cents on that as well. We're also going to be talking about Disney+. Plus. They made a lot of announcements when it comes to Disney Plus today, and so we'll get you up to speed on that. Plus, on the back end of the show, we're going to be talking some Game of Thrones. And you know what? Josh is the huge Game of Thrones fan around here, and he is definitely going to share his thoughts on the upcoming season starting this weekend of Game of Thrones. But first, my friend, I know you got a chance to check out the latest Hellboy. Hellboy is hitting theaters this weekend. It's going to go head-to-head against Shazam and Pet Cemetery. The advanced word is not great on this movie. I'm not going to be dishonest with you. I know you are a big fan of the Hellboy series. It will probably go under $20 million for this weekend at the domestic box office, which is not a big winner at all. And I think actually Shazam will retake the number one spot which is a shame because I know you are such a huge fan of Hellboy. And I share that with you as far as the first two Guillermo del Toro movies are concerned. But I know you went out to go see the film because you're such a huge fan. You went out to see it right away. All right, my friend, lay it on me. Your thoughts on Hellboy. Hellboy was just such a disappointment to me because Hellboy has always had a very near and dear place in my heart. You know, when I was in high school, I always had Hellboy collectibles. I have almost all the comic books, uh, except for a couple of the last arcs. But it, it was it always had a very soft spot in my heart because Hellboy's an outcast. You know, he's somebody who was destined to do one thing, rage against his destiny because he felt like he shouldn't have to. And that's kind of like the the story of all of us, right? We we come into this world and we feel like we are. Are we get stuck doing something, but we're meant for so much more than that. And that's why Hellboy has kind of always resonated with me. That being said, Hellboy has always been a very introspective character. You know, he always punches his way out of every problem, but he always has such deep thoughts and very interesting reflections when he's out there searching for, you know, what his life means and all this other stuff. In this one, Hellboy was basically just a vehicle to get the the movie from one action scene to the next and that made me so sad because they removed all the things that made hellboy hellboy and they just made him a spectacle and that's not what he should be so you're sitting here watching this movie waiting for some depth waiting for some character development waiting for anything really of substance and you don't get any of it and this is just another case of like neil marshall the, and the d- director and whoever wrote the film sitting back and writing a movie without ever having read the source material. And that breaks my heart. And another thing they did, they took a lot of liberties. It was basically John Carter of Mars, but with Hellboy, they took all of the source material, all the great stuff about the source material, shoved it into one movie and totally butchered all of the best parts about his origin. Let me name a few things off the bat. Okay. Mia Jovovich, she was the blood queen in the comic books. The Blood Queen plays a very minimal role. She teams up with the goddess Hectate, and she is basically just a a villain. Has nothing to do with really anything. She's in maybe three comic book arcs. That's it. And then in this movie, she was the big bad. She was creating hell on earth, and she was she killed. You know, spoiler alert: she kills Hellboy's dad. And that's like not that's not in the comic books. And a lot that stuff that they they took liberties with are some of the things that make those parts in the comic books feel so impactful and so emotional. And they ruined it for what? 
you know, for a movie that's not going to get another sequel. And the thing that that is the worst part about this is Hellboy, if properly translated, if, if put on the screen in the proper way, if given put in the hands of a proper writer, proper director, it could have been beautiful. But now we're not going to get another Hellboy movie probably for 10 plus years, if even that. So it's I'm just I'm disappointed tonight, man. I really am. Came out of that theater. You know, I saw it with my brother and my brother's like, I hate this. And then it was just, yeah, man, it bummed me out. It really bummed me out. I know Similar to what we saw, we were talking about last year with The Predator, how it's a movie that's so bad that it could set the actual franchise back for years and, and be in somewhere in Disney storage at this point in time. With Hellboy, it's probably going to be in storage somewhere else and not be retouched or reused again for quite some time. Yeah, but at least with like Predator knows what it is, you know, and it knows what kind of audience is appealing to. Hellboy has the potential to reach so many people to do things that Marvel Comics and DC Comics could never do just because of the source material that it uses. And they totally just butchered all of it. And that's the worst part about it is if someone wants to come along and do it the right way, give Hellboy his fair treatment on screen they won't get the opportunity now because Hellboy has basically become like the Taylor kitsch of movie properties. Nobody wants to touch it just because of what it's been affiliated with. That's really a disappointing end for Hellboy, which could also be a bad sign going forward that they may never go back to it as far as Hollywood is concerned. Because once you have a, I guess a movie that disappoints like this, they may never go to it as a property again from what you're telling me and what i've experienced as far as some of the brief comic books i've read on hellboy and then also experienced in the movies especially the golden army because i thought that fleshed out the other parts of the hellboy universe a little bit more than the original is that there is a lore there that can be expounded upon and that there is a lot of characters within the hellboy universe that you could go ahead and create great narratives for but we'll never find out what that is because or or at least in the in the short term because hellboy this time around was so much of a disappointment and a disaster for everyone involved yeah i mean just a closing thought here is if you read the comic books and you have him trying to dig into his origins why he was created what is his purpose like that type of string of thought has so many layers and so many avenues of the exploration and hellboy in the comic books explores them very well and very thoroughly and if they would have just done that the depth creates itself you know and they just did not even bother with any of that stuff so for anyone out there thinking about the hellboy movie maybe they should go into more of the lore and the written works of hellboy instead or maybe even just flash back to the old guillermo del toro movies and enjoy that instead of going out and spending your hard-earned money on hellboy this weekend what are your thoughts out there on Hellboy? Are you still going to catch it despite all the negative reviews, including what Josh has said? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, 
Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Well, my friend, before we go ahead and talk to Dutch from the Voice from the Underground about his Marvel thoughts, I want to get with you real quick on what went on earlier this week when it comes to what was announced as far as Disney Plus. It is finally a reality as far as what is being shown, what the promise of it is, and how it's going to be able to be that pop culture Disney machine that that I think is really going to be appealing to a lot of people out there. You got to see the news first off, and before I break down some of the ideals and shows and things of that nature that were presented during the presentation, just your initial thoughts on when you saw and started to see what was going on with the Disney Plus announcement, what your hopes were as far as being something that could be comparable to Netflix. It's a weird thing because Netflix at this point, because I'm probably one of the many who are considering canceling my Netflix subscription until there's something on that I want to watch, in which case I'll spend the $15 to watch it. With Disney Plus, a lot of the stuff that I would want to watch on Netflix anyways is now going to Disney Plus, which is you know Star Wars, Marvel, all of the Disney movies, just stuff that I would be bored and sit down and want to watch regardless because that kind of makes me wonder like, what purpose does Netflix serve? It makes me sad because I do have some good memories with Netflix, but Disney Plus has got a lot of stuff. As far as the release schedule goes, I know the Mandalorian is available at launch and there's the Marvel shows are supposed to come shortly after. I know Jeff Goldblum has something popping up on there. Live Lady and the Tramp also as well. Mm-hmm. A confirmed Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. There's also a Vision and Scarlet Witch you know, something on the near horizon as well. A Rogue One prequel, that's also in the works. Hawkeye, that being a miniseries because it was confirmed by both Variety and The Hollywood Reporter over the past couple days. So that looks like that's coming as well. Right, because, you know, as I get older, I'm not going to have time to sit there and binge everything I can get my hands on. So I'm going to be very particular about what I'm going to watch. And Disney Plus seems to have the things that, I would want to watch because as long as they keep making Marvel movies, keep making Star Wars movies, there's going to be a reason for me to sit there and want to try to catch up on all this stuff before I go see something. And that's kind of the only thing I've been using Netflix for. Did they announce a price point for that? It is going to be available on November 12th, $7 per month or $70 for the whole year off the bat. So that's actually a great price point compared to what you're getting right now with Netflix. Yeah, Netflix is raising their, like, I just got an email because you can no longer share your code or you can share your logins, but they know how many devices you're you're going on now. So if you have more than three, they're charging you, I want to say 17 bucks an hour now. I just got an email about it. So it, it, Disney has $7 for stuff that you're actually going to watch versus $17 for things that you might watch. So I ask you, what is the better deal there? And and a lot of these properties, including all the Simpsons stuff that's going to be there, it's going to be, uh, I guess, segmented off between Pixar, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, and I think Fox as well. For that's been, what's being shown is what can be allowed to be shown because it's supposed to be family friendly. They're going to send stuff, like I said before in the past, like Deadpool and some other stuff. I believe they're going to send that over to Hulu from what I remember. But yeah, it's going to be some really good stuff coming over there and 
including some National Geographic programming, over 250 hours of that, 100 Disney Channel original movies, including more originals that are gonna be made exclusively for it. It's gonna be the streaming home for the entire library of The Simpsons. I mean, my gosh, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that's going there. And at $7 as an entry fee per month and $70 a year, that's really something to get into. Now, mind you, that's going to be before they start raising the prices like they do every year at the theme parks. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be come to grips with that pretty soon. But for, at least for a starter, I think it's really, really good and something to watch out for. And a lot of these properties, it's like bonus money because a lot of these properties have already made a ton of money at the box office or garnered a lot of viewing already in the form of DVDs, Blu-rays on previous streaming outlets, and even on TV as well. So it's just really is like extra money coming to in the form of Disney Plus. I just think it's really a good deal all around. I think I'm actually very interested in getting it when it comes out November 12th. Right. And, you know, as you mentioned, some of the, the darker, more violent or adult oriented properties going to Hulu, you can still get a Disney Plus subscription and Hulu for less than a monthly price of Netflix. Bow, bow, bow. Right. There's a Netflix killer, I think, maybe on the horizon, possibly. Right. But then, then again, there's going to be those hardcore Netflix users that are going to want the actual product itself. But people like you that are on the fence, I think that's going to sway them over once November 12th runs around, at least by year's end. Well, I'm already like I'm finishing one show on Netflix and then I'm probably going to cancel it because... You know, I'll I'll resubscribe when there's something out that I actually want to watch, like Umbrella Academy season two or Stranger Things season three. But that's probably going to be a one-off. You know, and as soon as I'm done watching those shows, I'll cancel it again because why am I going to pay eighteen dollars a month for twelve months when I could just pay eighteen dollars twice a month to watch a show that I want to watch? You know, pay for two months of Netflix as opposed to keeping it around and paying for the whole year. I'm just saying, though, take the $7 a month and the $70 a year with a grain of salt. I would it, be honest with you. I'm actually leaning on the $70 per year because I think that's just something to reel you in, my friend. Reel you in for the $7 because I just don't think it's going to stay at $7 a month for very long. Yeah, they're going to reel you in. This kind of a let's wait and see how this turns out. Like in Snow White? Come here, my pretty. Right. Yeah. And it's I'm I'm curious to know what kind of H what is it, HTC blocks are gonna be in place to keep people from recording the show like the movies that they want to see and then canceling their subscriptions. Disney Plus is gonna have an even bigger leg up than Netflix because it's gonna have a lot of its stuff available for offline viewing via downloading. So that's gonna be something that makes it even more appealing for people to watch. You'll be able, hopefully, to take like Black Panther, Star Wars, Rogue One, or any of the Marvel movies and be able to download that at any point in time while you have a subscription and be able to go ahead and actually view that similar to PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live. If you have those subscriptions and you how you're able to go ahead and get those free games and be able to use them and play them as long as you have the subscription. And the same thing applies here. As long as you have the Disney Plus subscription, you'll be able to download the stuff and be able to watch it anytime offline. I think that's an, uh, just an outstanding feature that I think Netflix is going to really be hard to match. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see when it comes out. But if it, it sounds like it's got a lot of features that would pull people away from Netflix. So a lot of people have Netflix to watch Disney movies. So you, that you're, you got a big market right there in itself. 
with all the things that are coming out and being available for this upcoming Disney Plus service with the price point that's substantially better than Netflix, with the fact that you're also going to be able to download quite a bit of that content and be able to view it on an offline status. To me, it was just a great win-win-win home run for Disney. Knocked it out of the park. It reminds me of the press conference back at the E3 when PlayStation 4 was announced and PlayStation 4 just totally just side-smacked the Xbox One left and right during that entire presentation. At this point in time, that sound you heard from the Disney presentation way in the distance was Netflix just getting smacked left and right because I really think they're hurting after what was announced this week with Disney+. Plus. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, oh, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? What I heard? Oh, another smack on Netflix. My goodness. Netflix, you're in for really a tough time by the end of the year because there should be a lot of people switching over to Disney+. Plus. It's going to be very, very interesting what Netflix has up its sleeve to try and challenge what's going on with Disney+. Plus. For now, they're going to remain the commanding leader in the streaming world, but for how much longer is going to be tested because as of November 12th, Disney Plus will have a say on what's going on in the streaming world. What are your thoughts out there on what was announced with Disney Plus? Do you like all the shows, all the features, and of course the price point range that Disney Plus is going to be offering? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we've got Dutch from The Voice from the Underground. He's going to share his thoughts on Marvel memories and how they tie into Avengers Endgame. Right after that, Anthony Barbarin, our man in the know when it comes to the NBA. He and I are going to break down the NBA playoff race coming up this weekend. Just very excited for that. Plus his Marvel thoughts as well. And then at the very end of the show, we're going to be coming back, Josh and I, and talking about Game of Thrones because it finally, after so long of a wait, hits back on HBO this weekend. This is the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. It's Gerald coming right back, and I'll tell you what. We've got more great things coming up this month because a lot of great people are sharing their thoughts on Marvel, their Marvel memories, and how it actually ties into Endgame. I've got a great friend of mine here as well. He is one of the guys behind Voice from the Underground. I'm sorry, I can't do that. That little <laughs> Voice from the Underground, like you do on your commercial and whatnot. <laughs> But it is one of the best shows out there, period. If you want to go ahead and listen to three great guys talking about various things from pop culture, politics, and so many other great subjects, it is the Voice from the Underground podcast, and it's my good friend, Dutch. Hey, Please, hey. Matt, always great to have you back, and I want to hear those Marvel memories. Thank you very much, Gerald. I appreciate it. You guys are such a pleasure to have as a podcast friend. So thank you very much again for having us on, having me on the show, at least at the moment. TJ and Haas, you guys always make a great team. I always love being on your show and I'm definitely going to yeah. get them on very soon with their Marvel thoughts. Yeah, we love having you. I know TJ has been itching to come back on 
pop culture cosmos. But you know what? It's his fault because he's the one who's absentee half the time. <laughs> so Busy the onus is on you, TJ Johnson. But yeah, Endgame. So I wish that I could say that Guardians of the Galaxy, which, by the way, is not anywhere near the top of my list of favorite Marvel movies. In those movies, they introduce, in one of the end credit scenes, they introduce what we would assume to be Adam Warlock. And I am hoping that at some point in time during this movie, we get to see the actual Adam Warlock come into play here. Because if they go through the entire Infinity War storyline without any mention of Adam Warlock, I'll be slightly disappointed. Even if it's just the end credit scene, it's got to be there in some capacity. So as far as my favorite Marvel movies go, I have a 1 and a 1A. One of them probably doesn't tie into Infinity War all that much because to my eye, Gerald, Captain America, the Winter Soldier is the best film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's ding, 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 yeah. ding. You got it, man. It is a film, and that's the reason why. But Robert Redford is Robert Redford. I mean, he's just good. The introduction of uh, of Falcon in that movie is is a big piece of that movie. It's just to me, I, I don't really see how there's going to be a ton because that was Hydra, right? And like Hydra's a storyline that's really just maybe it's been subjected to the annals of uh, Agents of Shield. I don't know because I don't I stopped watching that in season two. I thought it was a ripoff of Heroes, but it, it could be going on still there. But more, by and large, Hydra's gone. My one. A, on the other hand, is Black Panther, the second best film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and by far the film with the most social impact. Okoye is really the only character right now who is alive, so or the, the only character of note, I should say, that is alive. We don't know what's going on with Shuri. Her face appeared in the trailer as no, on the board. She's of, been confirmed to be dusted. She has been confirmed. Okay. Yeah, and the posters that came out confirmed that because she was listed as it, it, she was in a um, all the dusted posters of the individuals that had fallen and ha, had been dusted were shaded very dark. Mm, uh, I am going to bite my lip and say we'll see because we don't I mean, because they didn't show that happen. I don't know. Because they showed her right next in the in the clip on the trailer, they showed her right next to Ant Man, who was also thought to have been dusted, uh, but he was caught in the quantum realm. So I think that there's a reason why those two guys' faces showed up on screen at the same time, because they're the people who they think are gone, but perhaps are not. And we all know, don't trust the Russos, right? Just like don't trust Game of Freaking Thrones. <laughs> as soon as you fall in love with someone, they die. But Okoye, I think, is going to play at least some sort of a role in this movie. Uh, obviously, I don't think she's going to play as big of a role as your main five. Uh, you know, the, the the five or six original Avengers from Avengers 1 who are still, ironically, all of them still around. I think only M'Baku was still the only other major M'Baku, individual. Yeah. It, was, it was, uh, was actual living at the end. Although he's too busy making hit films like us, so he may have not been around for Endgame. Uh, hopefully he was, because I do love his character. You may not talk here, or I will feed you to my children, whatever it was they said. Yeah, Just kidding, we're vegetarians. So I think that the movie, obviously, that's going to tie into Endgame the most is obviously going to be the last film that just came out, Captain Marvel, and then probably even Ant-Man, which was the film before that, because the Quantum Realm is going to play into this 
quite a bit. I actually am a huge fan of the Ant-Man films. I have the Ant-Man films very high. I know that that is not typical for most people who are MCU fans. So that will play in quite a bit with the um, with the quantum realm. But I mean, it's it's just so hard to say, Gerald. I think that the the main thing that I think about Endgame is Endgame is going to give you, and I think that this is a parallel to Game of Thrones here, is they're going to give you what you are going to assume to be the bitter end in the middle of the movie. Then it's going to flip on its head and then be prepared for another twist in the closing seconds of the film. And for me to be able to tell you what is going to be those twists and, and who is going to live and who's going to die, although I do think, circling back to my favorite film, The Winter Soldier, by and large, pretty convinced that Cap is not going to make it through this film and that either Bucky or Falcon is going to pick up the mantle uh, of, of Captain America, at least for the next Captain America film, if not you know, too much longer beyond that. So that's my thought on that. But I mean, the level of anticipation is just stupid high. That it is. That it is. One last question to ask you. Why do people need to tune in to your awesome podcast, Voice from the Underground? Well, Voice from the Underground, we are, as we say on the show, a gnarly spirited, super dope, and often mind-numbing juxtaposition of politics and pop culture coming straight from the underground to your earballs. And what that basically means is we take something fun from pop culture, from sports, from movies, TV shows, comic books, that sort of stuff, and we sort of mesh it and mix it and mash it together with social issues like you know we cover topics such as politics or, or race relations and you know difficult topics such as that you know equality injustices in the world from both political perspectives for example we did a show about a month and a half ago that juxtaposed black panther with u.s politics and we're going to do another one uh in this series the second one in this series with the ginger geek matt delhauer who by the way if you're not familiar with the ginger geek podcast listeners you need to listen to the ginger geek podcast it's just a fantastic psychology of of movies podcast and we're going to do zootopia and look at the social constructs of zootopia and all of the stereotypes and narratives in there and sort of juxtapose those with what's going on in the world around us today so we just like to have fun and, and thank you so much for everything you've done for us and for being such a strong friend of the program and coming on I think more than anyone, I think you've been on the show seven or eight times, especially for our fantasy stuff. So thank you to you, Gerald. I'm just glad if everybody can go ahead and check out Voice from the Underground, the podcast, and Ginger Geek podcast as well, whenever they get the chance. My friend, Dutch, Voice from the Underground, just so great to have you on, sharing your memories of Marvel and how it's going to tie into Endgame. Cannot thank you enough for sharing your time with us and, of course, being part of the pop culture cosmos. Thank you. We are the Metal Geeks Podcast, and on this show, we have heavy metal, comic books, video games, movies, theme parks, and more. Wait, wait, wait. Comics? Yep. And movies? Exactly. Video games? Yeah. Metal? Of course. How does theme parks fit in this? It just does. All of us Metal Geeks can be found at MetalGeeks.net. At Metal Geeks for Twitter. Metal Geeks on Instagram. And Metal Geeks on the Facey Space. You can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Metal Geeks. All right, and we're back with the show once again. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. It is NBA playoff time. Once again, our favorite time of the year for basketball fans. 
And to break it down with me once again is our NBA man in the know. It is Anthony Barberin. Anthony, it's just always great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. As long as we're not talking Lakers, we already got that out of the way. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, no more Lakers, no more Lakers. La 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 la. Don't want to listen. It's like it's like Avengers Endgame secrets. I don't want to hear this. No 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 no. Don't want to hear that. But right now. <laughs> Yeah, don't get me started on the Lakers, but it is the NBA playoffs right now. A real quick breakdown of each conference when it comes to the Eastern Conference. I'm going to start first with you, my friend, on the Bucks detroit Pistons matchup, the 1-8 matchup. The Bucks coming off of a 60-win season, surpassing all expectations. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the three-point shooting that Milwaukee Bucks have had, I, I just see it as too much. And, you know, at this point in time, I see them going ahead and beating Detroit in four games. I kind of agree with you. I think Detroit might be able to get a game if Blake's healthy. And I, I think in the playoffs, a duel between him and, and Giannis game in and game out, I think would have been really good. But I, if he's not healthy... I, I just think Milwaukee's too much. And I, and even if he is, I, I've always questioned the construction of the Detroit Pistons roster. So I, I think Milwaukee is going to be too much for them. And I, five games at the most. And, and I think uh, Milwaukee's got it. The next matchup we'll talk about is the 4-5 matchup with the Boston Celtics versus the Indiana Pacers. Boston, I believe, like many out there, they have underachieved this year, and I think there was so much, so much more expectations out of them being something, you know, uh, something similar with the talent that they have on the roster. Probably even being in the number one spot and and facing off against whoever in the Western Conference in the finals. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. It was kind of like I said, a disappointing season. But they're in the playoffs now. They can go ahead and and have that deep roster that they can still utilize. It's against a team in Indiana that was so strong coming out of the gate, but unfortunately, due to the season-ending injury to Victor Oladipo, it looks like to me, I, I'm going to say the Celtics in no more than, I, I don't think it's going to go seven. I think it's also going to go another five games. I kind of agree with you, but I think Indiana's tough enough to push it to six. So I think Indiana's grit will give them I'm at least one game, maybe two, but I think Boston is just too talented. There's too much talent up and down that roster. Brad Stevens, in my opinion, is too good of a coach for them to lose. So I think they'll get out of the first round. I do think, though, that that's probably the most intriguing first-round matchup in the Eastern Conference. I think the next matchup to me is the most intriguing, and that is the Brooklyn Nets versus the Philadelphia 76ers, especially if Joel Embiid is hurt and either doesn't return or doesn't return at 100% right away. I think that makes it much more competitive, especially because Coach Kenny Atkinson really drives his team hard, and they really, really work hard for him. I see this as going another six-game series. I don't see it going seven. If MB's hurt, it may go seven, but I'm going to see right now Philly winning on the road in six games. It'll probably be, in my opinion, the toughest fight between the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. If Embiid is not healthy, that changes everything. If he's there and he's good enough, healthy enough to play his regular minutes, I just think there'll be too much. I, I, to me, I think Philadelphia has the best roster in the Eastern Conference. I, I like Brooklyn and I like what they've done and I like you know, the story that they are, but I don't think they're close to the level that Philadelphia is with their players and who they have on that team. Which leads us to the last series, which is the 
Orlando Magic facing off against the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi's had a lot of rest, my friend. So I don't see there being a problem with him going into the playoffs now. He's gotten a, a pretty cake schedule. He should be sharp along with the rest of his teammates. I see this as five games, maybe at best, possibly even a four-game sweep by the Toronto Raptors. I agree. You know, Kawhi's the new guy. So is Danny Green. But I also think, and it's crazy how, as you know, NBA, we talk about this guy, even when he's not there, the LeBron factor of he's out of the way, he's gone, lights up for Toronto because you feel like the path has been cleared. And so I think there's going, just like with Philadelphia, a sense of urgency to knock some of these guys out without middling around, without playing, without having any any real mental lapse for games. So I, I think it's a nice story, again, for Orlando to make it, but I, I think they're out in four games. Which brings us down to who is going to go ahead in the semifinals for the Eastern Conference. And you have the Toronto Raptors against the 76ers, and then you have the Boston Celtics versus Milwaukee. Your choices on both those matchups, I'm going to go with Toronto sneaking out over the 76ers. I just don't think that chemistry is there with the 76ers, even though they have the best front five in the Eastern Conference. I think they're going to pull that one out in seven games. Do we want to go ahead with a surprise in the Eastern Conference when it comes to the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks in a rematch from last year's playoffs? I'm not willing to pull the gun on that because I also think there are also some chemistry issues there. I think it's also going to be a seven-game series with Milwaukee coming out on top and leading into an Eastern Conference matchup. So I think Toronto is going to be the Eastern Conference representative in the NBA Finals. I think the three-point shooting that is so reliant by Milwaukee at some point may not be there for them. So and if that's the case to me, I think at this point in time, going into the Eastern Conference Finals and being able to be victorious on that is going to be the Toronto Raptors. I don't think it's surprising if any of those four teams make it to the finals. For me, I have Philadelphia actually coming out of the semis. I like Toronto. I like what they present with their bench, the way they play. To me, Philadelphia has too many capable star players. They have too many guys who can go, this guy's not on, this guy's not on, I'm going to take it over. Milwaukee and Boston series, I'm going to go with Milwaukee just because of the Marcus Smart problem and the, and the chemistry issues. I think Milwaukee will be able to pull it out, and I think they'll meet Philadelphia in the conference finals. And uh, I got Philadelphia pulling it out again. I just think they have too much. I think their chemistry issues can be solved through this run. So I think Philadelphia is the team that gets into the NBA Finals against the Western Conference. You've got Philadelphia. I've got Toronto going in the Eastern Conference. But does it really matter when it comes to whoever we have in the Eastern Conference? Because there's the Western Conference we need to talk about, my friend. And I have a feeling our paths are going to be ending up in the same fashion as far as the team is concerned. And we're going to start off with the team I think we both have in mind when it comes to the Golden State Warriors playing your Clippers, and the question I want to ask you is, I've got them in a sweep, but do you have them actually winning out a game at the Staples Center for the Los Angeles Clippers? I do not. I appreciate your honesty on that, especially someone who's a you know, big fan of the Clippers on that. I, I've got props for you, my friend, on that. Yeah, I, I did, and this was my initial throughout the season. I did not want the Clippers to make the playoffs. I don't know that sounds horrible, 
Well, no, it's not horrible because they also had a, a draft pick in mind as well. And they lost that draft pick to Boston because they made the playoffs. This was my issue. I did not want to scave into the AFC to only play Golden State and get swept. I mean, for most of the, the end of the season, they were in the fifth seed, sixth seed. So to me, those are chances that you actually have to do something. If you would have gotten to the six, you would have played Portland. I thought they had a great chance against Portland. But against Golden State, you essentially you lose a draft pick. You take yourself out of the Zion sweepstakes, and you get swept in four. I agree with you 100% on that. And I think we're going to be agreeing on Golden State for a couple more times more coming up here in a minute. But the matchup next is very intriguing between the Houston Rockets and the Utah Jazz. I am going to go ahead, and even with the Jazz defense, I'm going to say Houston in seven. But it's not going to be easy. I think they'll beat Utah. I think they're too talented for Utah to beat because I also feel that Utah kind of plays similarly, even though, you know, Donovan Mitchell is not the passer that James Harden is. He's their central offensive focus. They put the ball in his hands. That's how they kind of operate offensively. But the Rockets with their shooters, with their ability to say, here, Chris Paul, now we're going to give you the ball and let you do something and let you facilitate and let you run the offense. And James Harden can still play off of that. I just think they're going to be too much for Utah. I got Houston in six. But going forward, I think that the Rockets are going to have to not forcibly adjust what they're doing, but be open to the possibility of in-game changing their offensive philosophy. The next matchup we've got is Portland versus Oklahoma City. I see a little bit of an upset here because Yusuf Nurkic has unfortunately gone after a gruesome leg injury. I think at this point in time, that's going to be the difference because Enos Cantor is so good on the offensive and rebounding, but is not going to be able to play the defense like I think you need to in the playoffs and be able to step it up on that side of the ball. I see that as a key, plus the wings and the forwards for Portland don't inspire much confidence in me as well. I do see a great matchup between the backcourts of Paul George and Russell Westbrook versus CJ McCollum and also as well Damian Lillard. But I think at this point in time, I'm going to have to give the edge to Oklahoma City. I really think you're going to see Oklahoma City battle out and actually overcome the Portland Trailblazers in six games. I, I have Oklahoma City in six as well. I think this is why you bring in a Paul George. This is why you keep a Paul George. He's a star player. Russell Westbrook is a star player. It'll be too much for Portland. I think Oklahoma City in six. I agree with you 100%. I just think, you know, he will increase his efficiency and he has to in order for Oklahoma City to even get out of the first round. The last matchup is going to be very intriguing. It's the Denver Nuggets who had an outstanding season at times were the top team in the Western Conference, but still finished number two. Got a very strong roster, very quality depth up and down the roster, matching up against Greg Popovich the mastermind himself, and the San Antonio Spurs. This one's kind of tough to uh, as far as gauge because you have a team that's not as experienced in the playoff run going up against a guy who's already won championships as a coach and has a team that has a lot of experience backing him up. I, I don't think there's enough good players on the San Antonio roster to get them over the hump, no matter how good the coaching is. I think at this point in time, it's going to go seven, and I'm going to give it to Denver, but... I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. What do you think is going to happen between Denver and San Antonio? 
I'm with you, man, because you can never count out a Greg Popovich team. He's probably the best, if not the second best coach we've ever seen. And he can get things out of players that you didn't think they had. I'm going to just flip a coin and I'm going to go with San Antonio because of Greg Popovich. I'm going to give the San Antonio Spurs the upper hand in that series. So that leads us into our picks up into the Western Conference Finals. It starts off with Golden State and Houston. I think that's going to be a barn burner of a series, but I think ultimately Golden State is going to have enough for the series to take it. I think I'm going to say in six games, whereas in the next round you have Oklahoma City picked by both of us going up against either the Spurs or the Nuggets. I picked the Nuggets. You picked the Spurs. I'm going to go ahead and say, for me, the Nuggets versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to probably have to say Oklahoma City. I'm going to give them a surprise and give them a, give them a chance to go ahead and at least be able to be efficient enough to go ahead and at least get by the Denver Nuggets. I see that one going in six games as well, leading into a matchup versus Oklahoma City versus Golden State. I don't think Oklahoma City will be able to match up. I think their luck stops there. And I see Golden State heading into the finals in five games. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much spot on. I think Houston and Golden State, I have Golden State in six. I got Oklahoma City in a seven-game series with San Antonio. uh, And I think uh, Oklahoma City pulls it out. Uh, Golden State, to me, beats Oklahoma City in five or six. If it went six, I wouldn't be surprised. There's no way it's going seven. So I think Golden State, the team we'll see going up against Philadelphia, my pick of Philadelphia in the the NBA championship. And mine is Toronto, but it doesn't matter. I don't think either which way. I think it could be any team against Golden State. I still think there's one good year left for Golden State to go all the way. I see Golden State defeating Toronto. Personally, I see them defeating them in I'm going to give it another five games. I don't think it's going to even go six or seven. I think Toronto's just going to be happy to be there. The city of Toronto is going to be excited and amped up. This is her first chance to be in a finals. And I think that euphoria is going to wear off the first time Steph Curry hits some threes on them. I think Golden State's going to take it very seriously and be able to overcome them in five games. Clearly, I have Philadelphia against Golden State. And I think Philadelphia matches up better than to me, up and down their roster, anybody else in the league. But Golden State's been there. I think up and down the roster, they are more talented. And so they know how to play well together. I think Golden State in six uh, against Philadelphia in the NBA Finals, and they win their third in a row before Kevin Durant sets off into the sunset to try to get his own. But their dominant reign, I think, is done after this season. So I agree with you. I have, a, I have a feeling they'll do something, but it, will it be enough? We'll have to wait and see. Once again, it's Anthony Barbarin, our man in the know when it comes to NBA. If you have a question for him, let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or just hit us up on any of our Pop Culture Cosmos social media or inside sports as well. Real quick, MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo or James Harden. I think on both ends, Giannis Antetokounmpo was truly outstanding. Uh, And obviously a 60-win team, him being the major key component of that, just too much Giannis. But yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP and should be the MVP because he does it on both ends, a dominating defensive player and also someone who is very scary on the offensive end. I think it's a toss-up. 
to be honest. And and the reason I say that is because Giannis has been tremendous, but they haven't had the obstacles that Houston has had. And for me, the switch of James Harden's play in the face of those obstacles, the injuries that they endured, the injuries that he endured and had to come back from, and then his second best player going out for a stretch of period, and he, he changing his game or just his style of play to dominate the ball and to bring his team from where they weren't even in the playoffs early in the season to being where they are now. If it's up to me, I say just by a hair, I would go with James Harden just because of him doing this and having to do this for his team to be what they are. But the last thing I want to ask you, my friend, is Marvel-related because you know of Endgame is coming out at the end of this month. Your favorite entity or movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how it ties into Avengers Endgame. To me, the storyline that goes most into it that I love is, is Thor and his relationship as essentially the protector of Earth. Should have gone for the head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And his need to not only avenge his brother, but stop Thanos and what he was doing. And he was inches away in, in this failure, I think is, is a Virginia-like redemption story where he comes back in this final end game and redeems himself and finds a way to, you know, right the wrongs in, in his failures of the past. So that's what I'm rolling with in uh, Avengers Endgame in the Marvel Universe. It's actually a very, very good point. I really like how you how you phrase that. And so we'll see that's how exactly the Thor character or persona, per se, is going to advance moving forward or if it's going to advance at all. But you're right, Thor is going to be a key component of Avengers Endgame. And this time, if there is sort of time travel going back in that time in Wakanda at the end of Infinity War, I have a feeling I know he's going to target his Stormbreaker a little bit differently this time. Right. It's going to be a very interesting to see. I know you and I are going to be both be excited when we go check out Avengers Endgame later this month. It is our man, again, in the know when it comes to NBA and also pop culture. It's Anthony Barberin. Like I said, if you have any questions, just hit us up on any of our social media and we'll be glad to pass it along. Up until draft time, my friend, it'll be another wild, crazy scenario again for the NBA playoffs. Anthony, just truly appreciate all your input and all your thoughts going forward for us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. All right, and we're back to close out the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. If you need a listing of where we're at, any of our radio stations or where we could be found on podcast networks, great podcast networks, including one of the newest that we actually attached ourselves earlier this year, and that is Bullhorn. Bullhorn is a great option out there. I hope people give it a chance because we just love being a part of the Bullhorn experience. Or also as well, if you like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, we're on many of those options. But please, you need a listing where we're at, check it out today. 
Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and also Twitter and Instagram. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media, so share us the goods. What's going on with Humanica Media? We just put out a Let's Play video today of us doing Overcooked 2. You can check that out on our Humanican Media YouTube page. Probably be up on Facebook here soon. And then also just keep your eyes peeled for new Topic Topicocalypse episodes. And you'll hopefully be able to hear it coming up soon on the Podcast Radio Network. Also, you want to make sure and be part of our charity event that's going to be coming April 25th from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Four great video game tournaments, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Fortnite and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. The prizes for each Xbox One first prize for each of those tournaments, except for Super Smash Brothers, where the top prize for that is a Nintendo Switch. There's other great prizes as well for you know the top three competitors and whatnot. So you want to head on down the 25th of April. All the proceeds, all the charities, even if you can't make it, just go ahead into Retro City Games anytime and donate either canned goods, new toys, or cash. All the proceeds go to UMC Children's Hospital, Three Square of Las Vegas, and Make-A-Wish Southern Nevada. Plus, we're going to all be there. Game Source, Topicocalypse, Humanica Media, Mario Party Wars, Go Brothers Gaming. We're all going to be there. It's going to be a great time. And also, musical guests, Hyper Schmidt, Serious Damage, and Vettius and Trudai. It's going to be a great time indeed. Plus, also, on the 27th, we're live at Level Up Expo. It's going to be another great experience for us. We're going to actually tape our show, the Monday show, from the Level Up Expo. So you want to be part of it. We're going to be doing a Q&A. We're going to be talking Avengers Endgame. We're going to be talking Mortal Kombat 11, Days Gone. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, including more music from Vettius and Trudai and Hyperschmidt. A great time indeed. That's at the Las Vegas Convention Center for Level Up Expo. You'll get to see a. You'll get to see us live right there in the flesh pop culture cosmos panel right there at level up expo for ticket information lvlupexpo.com that's lvlupexpo levelupexpo.com also want to make sure and let everybody know that you can check out me coming up real soon did an episode of the open mic podcast with our friend brett allen want to check that out coming up real soon also as well i was on the big daddy road show this week so you, you know that was an awesome experience as always you want to check that out. That's available now on YouTube. And then our good friend, who you've heard before on the show, Marcus De La Garza, the group that he's a part of, Red Gold Green, that's right, Red Gold Green, are now playing around the country. There's a whole bunch of venues. There's a lot of stops. There's too many to count. There's just so many stops on their tour. You want to catch them when it hits your city. You want to check out their site, rdgldgrn.com. That's Red Gold Green rdgldgrn.com. You can check out when they're coming to your town because they're going all across America and they play some great music and I hope you get a chance to check them out as well. My friend, before we head on out, Game of Thrones coming this weekend. Finally coming back for the, well, I, what is this? The final, final season before all the prequels and stuff comes out. Your thoughts on Game of Thrones how do you think it's going to go down? Because I know there's a lot of anticipation and excitement from a lot of Game of Thrones fans out there like you and I on what's going to go on in the world of Game of Thrones in its final season. I, I'll i be honest. I don't want to make any predictions. I will say we're Someone's probably... going to die right there. Someone's there you go. Just like a a, lot, of, a lot of people are going to die. But like I just I would rather be surprised by it my 
personal thoughts on it is that we are going yeah we're going to get some deaths a lot of characters who we thought weren't going to die are going to die like i've been reading a lot of fan theories about some of the posters they put out and how like all the characters on the right side of the poster are going to die stuff like that and those are probably just fan theories but with this show and with george r martin who's kind of sadistic in his own right we're probably going to get some deaths that we don't want to see happen my thinking is that they won't kill Jon Snow because he's already died been there done that it's going to be really shocking to see if Amelia Clark gets killed Daenerys we'll probably see one more dragon go down at least and one or two of the remaining Stark kids is going to die and there's a lot of theory going around that Bran is going to have a huge part in how the series ends I don't know if that's true. They kind of dragged his character. He's a very uninteresting character to me. And if they kept him around this long, obviously he's got a role to play. What it is, I don't know, but we'll have to wait and see. This is a pop culture phenomenon. So it's got, it's, it's going like I was reading something saying that like HBO now is going to get a whole bunch of subscriptions. And then when the show's over, everyone's going to cancel them. But and go uh, to Disney Plus. Go to Disney Plus. Yeah, but no, it's it's got to be good. It can't end on a on a note that leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth. Just because, even though that is the style of the show, there have been so many people following it faithfully for so long that they have to give them something good to go away with. I hope so as well. I'm expecting a lot of deaths. I just like the way the last season ended up with you know going over the wall and and you know the the dark army's coming there very soon and the doom and gloom and and how the you know the dragon disc had been possessed and oh my gosh it's getting so good i actually am now into the show full time it took a while to get me back in i i sort of checked out in the early part of the the actual series but i've checked back in i'm intrigued i'm interested so i tell you what it's going to be a great time watching the Game of Thrones. Let me ask you this. I mean, is this the biggest month ever for pop culture? Because we have so much going on. Game of Thrones, Avengers Endgame, Shazam, our stuff included as far as you know, the charity game night and, and also as well the Level Up Expo and everything of that nature. I mean, for us, I think it's the most overwhelming NEB on top of it. And I'll talk about that on Monday. We had to bump that to Monday's show for us. Has there been as much exciting out there as far as for a month for us in pop culture? Not recently. I'm thinking maybe in December, you know, when we get the Star Wars, Star Wars December, right? Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. maybe in December we'll get uh, a lot of pop culture stuff because the Disney Plus and Star Wars and all that other is good stuff, video games coming out, we might get another overload. But nothing like this. This is a big month as far as like two pop culture phenomenons coming to an end. Uh, Endgame and Game of Thrones, like this is a monumental month. You know what? Also, as well, speaking of Star Wars, the Star Wars Fest is going on in Chicago this weekend. On top of everything else, and are probably going to play a trailer at some point in time or give some hints as what's going on with Episode Nine this weekend, if not by Friday. And if that happens, we'll be reporting it right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos as soon as it comes around on the internet. You know, it'll be in our hands as far as going ahead and make sure that you know it's out there. And if there's any trailers or any news that you need to be way aware of, just follow us here right at the Pop Culture Cosmos. What are your thoughts out there on the Game of Thrones? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Are you excited for the show as we are? I hope you are. And I'm pretty sure I know you are. 
So you tell us your thoughts when you get a chance. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Whew, my friend, another great episode. Want to thank Anthony Barberin, our man in the know when it comes to the NBA, and Dutch from Voice from the Underground. You got to check out his awesome show for being on the podcast today. I'm tired, man. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, I got nothing, man. I think we uh, milked the pop culture cosmos well pretty dry today. Only to be recharged for our Monday show. We're going to be talking, like I said, NAB. I know you wanted to touch on the subject of as far as this generation of video gaming. I know that we're going to be talking about a lot on Monday's show, plus more Marvel thoughts with some great guests. You know what? Like I said, just a great time to be a part of the pop culture scene. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.